Matthew chapter 6. And this morning I had preached the message on overcoming worry and I wasn't able to finish that. So tonight's a continuation of overcoming worry. And we read from Matthew chapter 6 and we we read this portion of the Sermon on the Mount and we had discussed how in, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus Christ is portrayed as king. And he speaks in verse number 19, talking about laying not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And talk about investing in eternity where we can make a lasting investment, unlike things on earth where we see moth and dust corrupt, and things are able to be taken away from us. And then we went on to see that we cannot serve God and mammon. You know, if God's going to be our king, as God, as Christ is portrayed, we're either going to serve God or we're going to serve things. We're either going to serve God or we're going to serve mammon. And then we made the comparison of being a slave to money, a slave to things, a slave to worry, or being a servant to Jesus Christ and how different that is. And actually in our service to God, our service to our King, there's actually freedom and we're freed from sin. We, are, we have the freedom of truth. We have the freedom to serve. We're, we're free from sin and the law and we serve Him because of His grace. And we sin not because we don't want sin, uh, grace to abound. And we considered these things this morning as we looked at Worry and how worry is something that can infect a Christian life and it can, can hinder us from serving God and from receiving the blessings that God has for us. We, uh, considered a few things as laid out in our passage. I had spoke of the fowls of the air and how they sow not. And yet still they're taken care of. We talked about the lilies of the field and we talked about the, the grass of the field and we looked at nature and creation. And we talked about God's beautiful creation and how he has ordained the universe. He's ordained the earth. He's ordained the stars and he's named them and he's numbered them. How things continue to go and his his creation continues to work even though our life may seem to stop and we may seem to worry. The seasons still change. You know, we pulled up uh, tonight and I was getting Simon out of the car and, you know, going... Out, leaving church this morning, it was beautiful, it was sunny, it was warm, we had our jackets off, but coming in was different. I had to put his hat on him, and he said, Daddy, I want it to be warm so I could go swimming in Nanny's pool. I said, Simon, you gotta wait till next year. That's just the seasons. Things change, the, the, God has ordained the seasons to change, and He's in control of His creation. And then we went on to, to, uh, examine how, even though in His vast creation of this universe, and the, the, the vast amount of stars that he's numbered and he's named, he still wonderfully created us. And that we're special to him and he thinks upon us. And then we looked at being content as well. How part of our worry as Christians is because we're not content as Christians. And we read about who, who can add one cubit by, you know, just by thinking about it. And how God has ordained our life the way it is. You know, our life today as as we're living is the way it is because God has seen fit for us to go through what we're going through. And we need to be content with what we have. And the last part part of our of the message tonight is about seeking God. Seeking God, and that's in verse uh, thirty three. So if you're there, Matthew chapter six, verse thirty three. 
The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So let's pray this evening as we begin our uh, begin the service. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the promises that we have in it, Lord. And I pray that each and every one of us here today, Lord, as we examine our hearts, Lord, and we consider what your word says, I pray that we, you'd help us to have our faith and trust in you, Lord, and that we can put worry aside, Lord, and we can trust in the king of the universe who has ordained this creation to continue, Lord, and to work the way that it does. And I pray, Lord, that you just help us, Lord, to understand that the things that we go through in our life, Lord, are there because you have put us there, Lord, and that we'd be content with where we are in our life, Lord, and the things that you've given us. And I pray that you just help us as we, uh, as we examine tonight, Lord, about seeking you, Lord, and you help us to understand that. And we pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. So do you want peace in your life? Are you crippled by the worry that so many of us go through? And we read this passage and it goes through all the different things and we consider his creation and we look at all these different things and we get to verse 33 and it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Once again, speaking about the the, the authority of God and, and seeing Christ as king, we need to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And then it says, And then all these things that we have spoken about shall be added unto you. If you read in verse 32, and it's speaking about prior verses about, you know, giving thought to what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what will, um, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. And in verse 32, it says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And the Gentiles or the world pursue many things in this life. They expend their time, they expend their energy to pursue things that are of this world. You know, they have their own agenda, you know, their own time. You know, you talk to a lot of people and, you know, Sunday's their day off. You know, no, that's my football day or that's my day to go golfing. That's my day I go fishing. That's my day. You know, don't take that day away from me. They seek their own agenda first. They seek their pleasures. They seek lust. They put things like their job first. They seek getting wealth. And the Bible tells us that they're concerned about their food, what, where they're going to get. They're concerned about what to wear. They want things. That's the world's philosophy, wanting things. And not only wanting things, but being scared of losing things. So as Christians tonight, what are we chasing? What are we pursuing? What are we seeking after And we had read earlier this morning in verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where's your heart tonight? What are the desires of your heart? What are the things that you're seeking after? You know, when we leave church tonight and we go home and we wake up tomorrow, what are you seeking? What is your hope for this week? You know, are you hoping to have a great week at work? You know, that's a good thing. Are you hoping to have a great week at home with your family? That's a great thing. Are you desiring to seek God this week? Are you desiring to hear from God this week? Are you desiring to pursue God's will for your life this week? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, when God is your passion, when he's our pursuit, when he's our priority, that's when God says here in verse 33 
that he will give us his provision and you get all that you need. He's here speaking of our needs. And when you get all you need, when God is your passion, your pursuit, your priority, and you get all you need, you're going to get what you want as well. Because when you pursue God, when God is your priority, he'll give you what you need, but he'll also give you what you want because he's going to give you what you want. He's going to tell you what you need, and he's going to tell you what you want. He's going to change your desires when God is first place in your life. He's going to change your heart to seek the things of him, to desire the things of God, to crave the word of God rather than pursuing the things that this life has to offer. So we see in verse 33 that we need to seek first the kingdom of God. We need to seek eternity, invest in eternity. And the Bible speaks a lot about that. And uh, speaking of how Christ is our king, we see in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 that we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, we've been ordained by God to reconcile others unto him. We're supposed to go out and be his ambassador. We're supposed to be a representative for Jesus Christ, our king. And if we're so consumed with worry, we're so filled with stress and anxiety, we're not going to be able to go out and be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, our king. We are to be his servants. Uh, in Romans 6.22, we read this morning as well, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God. You know, we are to be servants to God. We should be investing in eternity. Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse number 1, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. We need to, be, need to be investing in eternity. We need to be setting our earthly affections on things above and not things on this earth. We need to be giving God what's right and what's not left over. You know, it's so easy for us as Christians to give God our leftovers. It's so easy to give, give our leftover time. It's so easy to give our leftover energy. You know, well, if I have time this weekend, you know, maybe I'll go soul winning. Or maybe if I have time, if I get, if I get things situated at home, I'll go out on distribution with the church. Or maybe it's your leftover energy. Well, I had, I had a long week. If I feel okay in the morning, maybe I'll go out. Or maybe it's our finances. We give what's left over. But if we're seeking God first, if we're trying to invest in eternity in His kingdom, we're going to be giving God what's right and not what's left over. And we need to, need to put God first in all things. So ask yourself today, what are you pursuing? What are the pursuits of your life? Are you pursuing that promotion? Are you putting so much time and energy in trying to, 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 to climb the corporate ladder? You know, I think of working for the school board and, you know, I had a desire and I had this plan and this goal to try to get into the management part of it. And I was doing well and I, I, I had the courses lined up and I was praying about it and before a pastor had talked to me about this, I was like, that's my goal. In the next year and a bit, I'm going to get that position and I wanted that promotion. That, that was my goal. That was my pursuit. Everything at work, I was just striving to get that. Even outside of the workplace, I was working at Faithway with the maintenance and trying to do that. But even that in the back of my head was, okay, this, this is going to help me achieve that job, that promotion. And that was what I was pursuing. 
And I could have lost sight that if I kept pursuing that, I may not have been where God wanted me to be today. When pastor asked if I would consider coming and God gave me the peace and he gave me the clarity to be here at this church, it's amazing that that promotion that I wanted, I wasn't sure when it would come up. It was literally a few months after I started here at the job. And I checked my email. There's that position. There's that posting. There's that thing I was striving for, that pursuit. And if I had the wrong motives, if I had the wrong desires, I could have been pursuing something and not been where God wanted me to be today because of my own pursuits, because I wasn't trying to pursue God. Are you trying to pursue that promotion? Are you, are you pursuing more money? You know, it's so easy for us to, to grab onto that world philosophy of, of getting more, more money, living more comfortable, padding the bank account. Are you pursuing that dream home, that dream car? And you know, I'm not trying to, 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 to bash these things or say these things are bad. These things aren't wrong in of themselves, but if they take priority in our life over God, then they do become wrong. They're going to lead us astray, away from God. And we need to be in pursuit of God and His will for our life tonight. And if we're in pursuit of God and His will, and we're putting Him first, that's when God says, I'm going to take care of these needs in your life. I'm going to take care of all of these things that you're worrying about. I'm going to take the things that are keeping you awake at night and the anxieties because you're trusting in me enough to pursue me and to seek after me. So we need to be in pursuit of God and His will. So how do we seek God? What are we doing to seek Him? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, is are we thirsting after God? And in Psalm 41, it says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And here it's talking about these deer, these stags, and talking about these, these hot countries, these Middle Eastern countries, and they would need abundant amounts of water, and they would search, they'd go, they needed that water. They panteth after the water brooks, because they needed that to sustain their life. They needed that water to survive. And when you think about thirst, maybe maybe you're you're working all day, you're doing something extremely physical, you're out in the hot sun, and you're hungry, and you're thirsty, you finally get into the house, and what do you do first? Do you just grab a, a big sandwich and start scarfing it down? No, you get a big jug of water, you get a big glass of water, and you start drinking that water. You know, thirst is more vehement than hunger. You drink first, you, you need that to survive. And you think of uh, the... the the image here of the deer panting after the water. I think of uh, these documentaries I've seen of these herds following after the water, following the seas and trying to seek water because they need it to survive. Or these nomadic tribes seeking water. I spoke this morning about these uh, people in um, Mauritania and these nomadic tribes and they would travel in tents trying to seek water. They needed the water to survive. And you know, the world today, they're thirsting, but they're thirsting after the wrong things. They're, they're thirsting after things that they think are, nece- are necessary for their life. They're, they're seeking after things like money. They're seeking after things of material. They're seeking after lust. They're seeking after worldly pleasures because they think that is where life is. But as Christians tonight, we need to be thirsting for God. We need God. We need Him to survive. 
You know, are we right behind the world or are we craving after God today? Are we thirsting for him? Are we famished without him in our life? Are we getting by okay? You know, if you're getting by in life without God and you're okay with that, then there's something wrong with your Christian walk. We need to be thirsting after God, just as that deer panteth after the water brooks. We need him for our life. We need him to sustain us and we cannot live without him. Do we hunger for his word? In Job 23, verse 8, it says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him, he hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath, hath held his steps, his way have I kept and not declined. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more necessary, more than my necessary food. So you look at someone like Job and what he's gone through and the things that he's lost. And you think of anyone he'd be worrying. You think of anyone he'd be stressed out, have anxiety from all that he's lost and what he's going through. But here we see he's talking about and he's saying, you know, I go forward, but God, I don't see him there. I go backwards, but I can't perceive him. On the left hand where I'm working, I can't, I can't behold him, but he's hiding on the right side, right hand that I can't see him. He's saying, I don't see God in this. He's like, I don't see where the steps that I'm taking in life, the path that I'm walking, I don't see God working in it. But he says, my foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, I'm not going to depart from his word. Even though I've lost everything, I need his word. He said, I'm going to keep doing right. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. He's basically saying, I'm going to keep doing right. I'm going to keep seeking God. And it's so opposite of how many Christians react today. And they turn their back on God at the first time, sign of testing their life, the first trial that comes to the life, the first thing that they look at and deem that it's not fair that God did that to them, they turn their backs on God and walk away. But Job here, who had everything and lost everything, said, I need God, I need to seek God, I need to follow His word, and I esteem them more than my necessary food. I need God's word more than my food. Psalm 19, verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Psalm 119, 127 says, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. He say, the psalmist here is saying, more desire than gold. And you think about the finest things in life, and the world says, you know, you go to that jewelry store and you buy that diamond ring, and then you see all those fancy things, and those are the things that the world strives after. And the psalmist here is saying, I love your commandments more than gold. And then we see a comparison to the food again. It says more are sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. You know, I love food. 
I'd like to call myself a foodie, but I'm probably not. <laughs> but I love food. I love trying anything. Wherever I go, I'm going to try the food. I'll try everything at least once. I already tried balloons. I'm not trying it again. Just putting that out there. I've proven myself. But I'll try everything once. When I went to China, I had some of the best food I've ever had, and I loved it. But there was also some strange things that I ate that I'll never eat again. I tried scorpion on a stick. That was interesting. It tasted like an oily potato chip. There wasn't much taste, but it wasn't to be desired again. But I love food. I love trying things wherever I go. Food is necessary for our survival. We need food. We can't live without it. Just like the deer pants after the water, because we need water to survive, we need food to survive as well. So as Christians, as we're seeking God, are you hungry for the word? How necessary is God's word for your life? Do you need it to survive? Or are you getting by in life okay without God's word? Are you feasting on God's word? Or are you just snacking on it? You know, I'll, I'll read a little verse or, you know, I'll have a little verse pop up on my phone on this app that I downloaded. Or are we getting to God's word and hungering after and desiring it and feasting on his word? Or like Paul referenced too about drinking milk. You know, are you like a babe just drinking the milk? Or are we getting into the meat of the word of God, feasting on steak? I love steak. I love a good steak. In the, and Paul is saying, you know, we need to get into the meat of the word of God and to, to grow in it. How do you esteem God's word today? Is it necessary for you? Can you say that I need God's word more necessary than my food? When I get up in the morning, even though I may be hungering for food, I, my soul's hungering for the word of God because it's going to show me the way that I need to follow. It's going to keep me straight. It's going to keep me from worrying. It's going to keep me from wandering away from his will and it's going to keep me close to God. We need to be hungering for his word. We need to be thirsting for God. We need to be seeking God. We need to be praying to God. We need to be begging God. We need to be asking him for great things. In Jeremiah 33, verse 3, it says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And that amazes me. Call unto me, and he's going to show me great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And I've seen that time and time again in my life where you, you have desires of your heart. You have things that you seek after. You have things that you pursue after. And you think they're great. You think they're wonderful. And then God comes in and he does something better for you. He gives you a desire that's more satisfying than the things that you're pursuing after. And he satisfies us. And he shows us great and mighty things which we know it's not. James 5, verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, God hears us today and he helps us. Like I read in uh, earlier this morning about God thinking upon us in, in Psalm uh, 139. You know, he thinks upon us. His thoughts towards us are, are more than the number of the, sa- of the sand of the sea. He cares about us, and we need to be calling upon him. We need to be praying for him to do great and mighty things in our life. We need to be seeking God in our life. And we need to seek him today. Look at verse 34 with me. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We need to seek him today, not tomorrow. We need to be serving him today, not tomorrow. You know, there's things that we can do today that's not promised tomorrow. There are souls here that are today that may not be there tomorrow. The Bible tells us not to boast ourselves of tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow may bring. We don't know what what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen to our life. We don't know if we're going to be able to serve God tomorrow. We may desire to serve Him, but we need to be serving Him today and not tomorrow. We can't be the Christian God wants us to be if we're worrying about tomorrow. It says, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow. It's basically saying, with all these things that I've laid out, with all these promises that I've given to you, that I'm going to provide for you and take care of your needs. If you seek after me, he says, take therefore no thought of tomorrow. We can't be the Christian that God wants us to be if we worry about tomorrow, if we're worrying about things that he has told us not to worry about. We need to determine, I'm going to serve Jesus now. I'm going to give now. I'm going to sacrifice now. I'm going to seek him now. I'm going to trust him now. I'm going to witness now. I'm going to study his word now. I'm going to encourage people now. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to seek him today. Do you know that you're becoming what you will be today? The things that you're doing today is what you're going to be You can't expect to become something if you're living a different way today. You can't expect to be a great Christian and do great things for God if you're living differently today. You may desire to serve God and maybe desire to go be a great missionary, to be a great preacher, or to go start a great ministry, or to reach people and reach people in your workplace. But if you're not witnessing today, that's not going to happen. You can't expect these things to happen. We need to be serving Him today. The Christian that you're going to be next year, if we look ahead into the future, is the Christian that you are today. You know, if you're the Christian today that isn't thirsting after God, if you're the Christian today that's not seeking Him, if you're the Christian today that doesn't need God's Word like we need our food, that's the same Christian that you're going to be next year and two years from now and ten years from now. You know, you can have great endeavors to be a great Christian and do great things for God, but you are the Christian that you are today. And you need to change that. You need to seek Him and follow Him. You know, this isn't some miracle diet. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. You know, we're not going to become greater Christians on accident. We're not going to do great things for God on accident. We're just going to sit around and stagnate. You know, I'm tired when Christians just sit around wandering through life, not grounded in anything. I see it happen all the time with young people that just wander through life and just, like Ephesians 4.14 says, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. It says that we henceforth be no more children. And he refers to them as children, the same people who are just are still drinking the milk of the word, the basic, the very top of it. They're not digging into it. And they go out into this world and they're so complacent and they're so carefree. And when the world's philosophies come and their friends come and tell them different things and they read things in the news and they, they read things in magazines and articles, they get confused and they're tossed to and fro because they're children who have not seek, sought after God. They've not pursued God. And we cannot sit around as Christians doing nothing We need to be pursuing Him and growing, but you can't grow if you're not seeking God. 
You know, you hear people say, well, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. I don't know if I believe that. I don't believe what you say at that church anymore. Or I, I don't see God working in my life. You know, God hasn't been present in my life for years. You know what? That's your, your fault because you're not seeking after him. You're not pursuing God. You're not del- uh, diving into his word and consuming his word. You're not making God ne- not a necessity in your life. We need to be seeking God today. We need to be serving God today. Therefore, take no thought. You know, we need to take no thought for tomorrow. Reject anxiety of tomorrow. You know, nothing you worry about is going to change a thing tomorrow. You know, we think about all the things you can worry about tomorrow. You know, I wonder what my drive is going to be like to work tomorrow. Am I going to make it there safe? What's the weather going to be like? You know, are my kids going to be safe tomorrow going to school? With all the craziness going on in this world, you can be consumed with the thought of what's going to happen to my kid. You can worry about your kid all night long. You can worry about all types of type, types of things tomorrow, but what you're worrying about is not going to change a thing. And it's not going to change the fact that God will still be God and still be in control of our life. I think about Paul, the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul and the things that he went through in his life and the shipwrecks that he went through and the stonings that he went through. And yet still, with all that Paul had gone through in his life, the things that he had seen, the the wicked things that he had gone through but was forgiven, he'd seen God do great things in his life. And he says in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. God works things out in our lives for a purpose. He has a reason that we're going through different things. And even the Apostle Paul, who was shipwrecked, the Apostle Paul, who was stoned and left to die, says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Don't let the worries of tomorrow stop you from serving today. Don't let the worries of tomorrow stop you from seeking today. You know, we need Christians today who are going to be all in, 100%, giving it 100%, stepping out of the comfort zone and jumping into the deep end and just pursuing God and serving God. You know, don't be that Christian who is so spent on worrying about tomorrow that he have nothing to spend on God today. You know, we can spend so much of our time and so much of our energy and just totally drain ourselves where we have nothing left to serve our king, to invest in eternity with because we're so spent. Last week, uh, Brother Bradley Edmondson uh, was here and he was talking about his uh, medical mission um, and he was talking about the medical center that they had built down in Honduras. And last summer, I was privileged to go with uh, the teenagers from our, our, our previous youth group uh, from Faithway, and we went down to Honduras. And it was an amazing ministry there, and we saw that me- medical center as it was being built. But the thing that got me, and the thing that gets me anytime I go to these uh, uh, different countries and third world countries that I've been to, is you see the people, especially the Christians, are so happy, and they're so content with what they have. What little they have because they're trusting God for what they have, and they're thankful for what they have, and they're content for what they have. And you know what? They go out and they do great things for God. You see this 
right in the middle of Honduras, you see this amazing church. You see this medical center. You see this orphanage with full of kids that are just thriving on the word of God and being saved and living for Christ. And they have so much to invest in eternity because they're not worried about the things of this life. They're not investing in the things of earth. They're trying to invest in eternity. And when we were down there for that week and they had their, their weekly soul winning, we show up to the church, two busloads of people. We filled up those buses, packed them out. Moms, dads, kids, teenagers, kids from the orphanage were all there, packed out those buses and went out into the community, and everyone went out to knock on doors, to share the gospel, to invest in eternity. And they're so happy, and they're so content, and they don't spend time worrying about tomorrow because they're thankful for what they have today. They're focused on what God has done for them today, and they're seeking after God, and they're pursuing God, and they're serving God today. So maybe in your life you feel spent. You feel like you're consumed with worry. You feel like you have all this anxiety in your life and you don't know what to do. Trust God. Seek after Him and all these things shall be added unto you. Lamentations 3 verse 18 says, And I said, My strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine infliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. His compassions fail not. When all around you may seem like it's failing, when all around you may seem like it's crumbling and falling apart, his compassions fail not. His mercies are new every morning. And it says, the Lord is my portion. Therefore will I hope in him. Is is God your portion today? Maybe you don't have hope because God isn't your portion, because you aren't seeking after him, because he isn't the pursuit of your life. Isaiah 40, verse 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? And we spoke about this morning, about the God of creation, who has ordained this creation. Fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall find, or shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. If we're seeking God, He's going to be the one that strengthens us. He's going to be the one that's enabling us. He's the one that's going to be helping us overcome these anxieties and these stresses of life. He's going to be the one that's filling us. And we don't need to be drained of ourselves and be so spent, but God can be our portion. He can lift us up. Psalm 4, verse 8 says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, O Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. And I spoke about this morning about you know, our lack of sleep, if you're full of stress and anxiety and you lose sleep over things. But here in, in Psalm verse four, or Psalm chapter four, verse eight, it says, For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. And so often we forget it's God that keeps me safe. It's God that keeps me. 
and we can sleep and we can uh, lay me down in peace and sleep. Worrying is draining. But God wants to give you peace. He wants you to have rest. He wants us to have hope if he's our portion, if we're seeking after him, if we're pursuing him, if we're in his work, we're desiring him. We need to seek him to overcome our worries. So are you worrying today? Do you have things in your life that are consuming your time? Things in your life that are consuming your energy, stressing you out, giving you anxiety, making you feel hopeless? Seek God today. Be content in God. Look at what God has all around us. Go out and look at his creation. And remember that same God who's numbered and named the stars, the same God that wonderfully has made you, is there for you, and is taking care of you. But we need to seek him. We need to pursue him. We need to pant after him. We need to hunger for him. And we need to call upon him. You know, don't be a slave today to the things of this world. Don't be a slave to the philosophies of this world. Don't be a slave to sin. Don't be a slave to worry. We can either serve God or King, or we can serve this world and what it has. We can have faith in God or King, or we can worry. But as Christians, God commands us that we need to trust in him. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's pray this evening. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you that if we seek you, that you may be found, Lord, and I pray that you'd help each and every one of us here today, Lord, to refocus our life, to refocus our pursuits. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to desire after you and to seek you in our lives. And I pray that you'd help us to have a thirst for you and a hunger for your word, Lord, and that you'd be our our priority and that you'd be our pursuit and you'd be our passion, Lord, and that you'd provide for us and you'd help us to not worry and to be consumed and to be spent, Lord. Not for our own sakes, Lord, but that we can spend and invest in eternity and to reach others for you, Lord. And I pray that you be with each one that's here tonight, Lord, that may be going through something, Lord, we don't know the hearts, Lord, but you do. And I pray that you just encourage each and every one of us, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord. And as we go forward, that we would just take to heart and take to remembrance, Lord, and that we continue to seek you and to trust in you, Lord. We pray these things in our son's precious name. Amen.